Look at the world. Online, in the news, on your drive home from work, you see it. People are suffering. They're doing their best, but it doesn't seem to matter. They feel completely alone, asking, how am I ever going to make it? Is there anyone out there who cares about me? We say yes. At the heart of Convoy of Hope's work is our driving passion to use kindness as a force for change. We are the volunteer delivering relief after a disaster. We are the haircut or fresh pair of shoes. We are the multitude of people who care about their neighbor and want to do something meaningful. So look at the world again. Really look at it. Through the hardship and despair and hurting is a hope that is waiting, demanding to burst forth. And it's not complicated. We believe that the problems that are plaguing the world can begin to be solved one small act of kindness at a time. Every meal served, every seed planted, and every smile sincerely given adds to the revolution of compassion we are so proud to be a part of. So look at the world one more time. The problems are big, no doubt, but the solution, oh, it's beautifully simple. And you, you're a part of it. great to be with you guys today, man. Um, Pastor Joe and Jolie, it's great to reconnect with you, with you and uh, super cool to be here today and to see what Jesus is doing in this part of the world. My name is Jeff. I work for Convoy. Pastored 23 years before joining the team 11 years ago at Convoy. And I've known your pastor, as he said, for probably eight, nine years at least. And uh, I love Joe and Jolie. You are blessed I believe the future is bright and it is a new day for Mosaic Church. And so you are here, you are part of the first one day to feed the world. And so I'm here just to kind of unpack that a little bit, a little bit about myself. Um, first of all, uh, this is an upside down tree that uh, I've actually visited this place. This is right outside of Rome. And this is a very interesting place. This is an ancient Greek uh, site, kind of a Roman bathhouse type of thing. And up top above this piece of real estate, our buildings and land, and the tree began to get in the way of the structure, so they cut the tree up top. And uh, little did they know that down below, there was a root system, and it began to mutate, and it began to produce foliage, and it's fruitful upside down. And so I just wanna say that that's a picture of my life in the last 20 months, I don't know about you. But God is just taking our lives dealing with the trouble, the trials, the tribulations of this world. And how many of you know he's looking for all of us, thank you worship team, by the way, for leading us, he's looking for people to represent him in the world and to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to show the kindness of God to maybe those that don't deserve it. So, uh, and that would probably be all of us. Well, here's my tribe. The reason I do what I do is Jesus, number one. Number two, it's these people. Uh, that is my amazing family. I have three daughters. I have two amazing son-in-laws. The youngest in the middle is 20 years old. I'm taking applications right here after the service, if you'd like to date her. She'll be 21 in January. She graduates as a nurse in May of next year, and she's an amazing kid. And then these three are the newest little girls in my family, introducing Wilder, Hadley, and Molly. And Molly's the newest, so this keeps me going. I'm a papa. Yes, I'm old enough to be a papa, but anyway, it keeps me going on the road. And of course, my amazing wife. So Convoy of Hope was started 27 years ago in the back of a pickup truck showing kindness to people in need in Northern California. 
Little did Hal Donaldson know and the family know that God would breathe into this ministry and it would become a ministry being the hands and feet of Jesus, not only of the AG tribe, the Assemblies of God, but globally we partner with a lot of organizations and churches that just wanna be showing kindness to the world. We show up with food, water purification, hygiene kits, supplies, and I'll talk more about that, what we do, but I just wanna say thank you for being a one day to feed the world church. And we'll, we'll talk about what that looks like because you've helped us serve 160 million people in 127 nations. We feed every day 387,000 children in 25 nations. So think about this, this Thursday, now my Thanksgiving's gonna be a little weird because my son-in-law's a police officer, my wife's a social worker, everybody's working, we're all doing our thing. So we're gonna have Thanksgiving on Wednesday night after church, by the way, okay, so we're going to church. So. This is what's weird. We're gonna sit down at our Thanksgiving table and there will be no lack. I mean, we, I saw the, the list of things that we're gonna get and I'm just like, are we gonna eat all that food? Are we gonna do all that stuff? And my wife's like, yes, it's Thanksgiving. We have a lot to be thankful for. But there was a song that the worship team sang about Jaira, my provider, and it moved my heart sitting on the front row because I thought, you know, Villages and communities that I've walked through in Nicaragua and El Salvador and Africa and Europe, they sing that song. And today I want you to switch roles with them for a second. When they raise their hands and they say with what little we think they may have, they're still worshiping Jesus with a full heart saying, Jaira, my provider. So guess what? You are the answer to that community's prayer today. There's a direct connection between you giving one day of your life and investing it to make a difference for the rest of their lives. So I'm so grateful for you're here. I'm so thankful for your partnership with us. It provides hope to children, adults, and families. And someone asked me, they said, summarize Convoy of Hope real easy. It's Matthew 25. Jesus said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. And Matthew 28, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's what Convoy of Hope does. We help people with practical needs, no strings attached, and then we tell them about Jesus. If you think that's good, say amen. amen. All right. I love this church because you, you respond like to everything. It's awesome. So a mom was preparing a pancake breakfast for her two boys, Scotty and Charlie, and the boys began to fight over who would get the first pancake on a Saturday morning breakfast. The mom, being a mom, thought this, is, thought this is to be a chance to teach a moral lesson. And she looks at her sons and she says, boys, now, if Jesus were sitting right here, he would say, let my brother have the first pancake. I can wait. So Charlie, Scotty, kind of staring each other down. Charlie, the older brother, looks at his younger brother, Scotty, and said, okay, Scotty, you be Jesus. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit is saying to his church around the world, you be Jesus. You be Jesus at work when nobody else is acting like you. You be Jesus at school. You be Jesus at home. You be Jesus at the neighborhood. You be Jesus in traffic. That's a real test for me. It, it just is. But I just want to say today, the challenge is to choose to be like Jesus when the pressure is on, when you really, you choose to use your position, your finances, your gifts, your personality, the, uh, the, the things that God has given you to consider others with Christ-like 
kindness, and love. And by the way, a broken world needs a unified church. And I can't think, I, when I walked into this property and drove here today, I know a little bit of, of history, and I was just thinking, God, I'm, I'm really concerned about the future and today, what you are going to do in and through this place, I think you're gonna be blown away for what Jesus does. And how many of you know there's a real devil that's fighting us? But the devil's mighty, but Jesus is almighty. So anything that he gets to do, uh, he just has permission to do. So let's show kindness and compassion. Well, there's a table and chair on the, on the stage here. And so I'm going to use this as a little illustration. So this table, just imagine it has four legs because I'm about to talk about the four legs on this table. The first leg, this is the table that really brings hope to people around the world. So at Convoy of Hope, we provide a lot of food and resources and things like that. And at the end of the day, you're helping set a table for millions and millions of people through one day. So the first leg on that table is disaster services. Convoy of Hope is known to be a first responder for disasters. We show up, uh, if you'll see some of these slides here, uh, seven and eight, you can see and you can't imagine the difference your compassion made during COVID when we would do contactless outreaches with food, water, and critical supplies all across the country and around the world, Three, 33 nations during COVID that we were able to respond to. Well, I'm happy to tell you that we set out to deliver 10 million meals, but today that number is this, 200 million meals delivered worldwide in 48 states, D.C., and 32 countries served internationally. And that is a big praise to Jesus because we're not that smart or that rich. God provided through people. And by the way, Convoy catches and releases your finances and your gifts today. We don't keep it. We share it with the world and give it out. And so we have a 90 cent to the program. So we have a, about an 8% overhead, almost 92 cents of every dollar goes to the field. We're very thankful for that. And then we responded to Haiti, earthquake, 6.5 million people with another 5 million on the way of meals. And you can see some of this in the southern tip of Haiti. In addition, uh, we're working with Afghan refugees across this country and the fires in the West. So you can kind of see that that table of hope, you need three other legs, but the first leg is disaster. The second leg is children's feeding. That's the second leg of what we wanna talk about today. And you can see this, that 387,000 kids every school day get a hot meal. I'll never forget being in El Salvador and a mom, her name was Maria, she came up to me and she had two boys and two bags of groceries. She had a boy on each arm and two, two bags, a bag of groceries in each arm. And she came up to me and she said, thank you for the food. And I said, you're welcome. She said, no, you don't understand. She said, this food, this weekend, these, this little emergency food basket, she said, this helps me not have to choose who doesn't get to eat in my home this weekend. I have not, not, number one, God forbid any mom would ever have to make that decision, but this mom said she has been placed in the position, in the un, very undesirable position to tell which child gets to eat and which doesn't. She said for days, her and her husband would not eat just so her kids could eat. So that food through one day is a game changer for her. Her two boys, one of them was in trouble. I'll just never forget this. She was trying to discipline him while she was talking to me and the other one was like an angel. Anybody ever have that in your family? So I have with my girls. So she just, the little boy said, I said, how do you like the food? And he spoke in perfect English. He said, the food helps me think. And what he meant was, 
His mind is nourished, his, his belly is full, and he can focus on his studies, like your kids and my kids, your grandkids and my grandkids. So today, 16,000 children will perish because of starvation and the lack of access to clean water. So a convoy of hope that keeps us up at night. Half a billion people on earth went to bed hungry last night, and yet 40% of the earth hasn't had a clear presentation of the gospel. As North Americans, we will hear the gospel preached 1,400 times in our lifetime. And yet 30 to 40% of the earth hasn't heard it once. So I'm here today to maybe cast this vision to say, you're, you're giving to not just an organization, but you are really giving a sacrificial offering to make life better, but also to introduce Jesus to a lot of people. These are some of the boys in, uh, in Nepal, some of the water projects, if you go back a couple, some of the water projects you can see. And this is one of my favorite pictures in Nepal and uh, these dudes. So his name is Manas, just a great kid. I asked Manas what he wanted to be and he said, I wanna be a doctor so I can go back and work in all the program centers of Convoy of Hope and donate my services. And I'm like, you keep that vision, bro. <laughs> We're gonna need you in about 10 or 15 years. And then of course, this little girl, Angelica, this next slide, so this is Nicaragua. This is my last international trip before COVID hit. It was in uh, November of 2019. Very different time. And she came up to me and she had all this food. She didn't have enough arms and hands to carry it all. And I said, what are you going to do with all that food, Angelica? She said, I'm going to eat it. And she goes, do you see the egg? And I'm like, yes, I see the egg. She goes, I'm going to eat that egg. And I said, yes, you are. She goes, I've never had my own egg. She's never eaten her own boiled egg. And because it's always in food or whatever the kitchen's cooking that day. So she was excited. I kept my eye on her. So what do, you, what do you think about one day to feed the world? Convoy had this vision given to us about 17 years ago. Basically, it's this. It's in a nutshell. You take one day of your working year and you say, that day, I am investing it on behalf of the poor and suffering. So you're going to help us feed kids, empower women, train girls, teach farmers to grow more and better food. And life takes on a whole new meaning. This is a strategic partnership that your church has with Convoy. Through this campaign, you not only meet the present needs of food, but the future need of education and the eternal need of hearing about Jesus. So that's what we want kids to know. Um, I was in Des Moines, Iowa at Reach Church. And this sharply dressed couple came down the aisle after I was done speaking and they waited for me to finish the conversation. He came up to me and he said, hey, uh, this one day to feed the world thing? And I'm like, yeah, he goes, yeah, we, we can't do that. And I'm like, didn't you hear anything I said during the sermon? You know, I'm, I'm like, like giving it up. And he said, no, he said, my wife and I feel like we need to do two. Would two days be okay? And I'm like, wait, you don't wanna give one day, you wanna give two? And he said, yeah. And I said, how long have you gone to this church? He goes, today's our first Sunday. The pastor, I look over the pastor, he's like. So both of them felt like God said, hey, we're gonna just get start out with two days to feed the world. Not only did that family stick in the church, but uh, the pastor was really grateful. And I thought it was gonna be negative when it turned out to be very positive. In Slidell, Louisiana, one of my colleagues at Convoy came back with this story two weeks ago on a Sunday. An elderly lady came and she didn't have, she's one of the poorest women in the church. The pastor told my colleague that. And she worked for a large jewelry, uh, a nationwide jewelry company. And as her retirement gift, they gave her a beautiful diamond ring. 
Her husband since passed, no family really to support her, and she slides this ring off of her finger, and she places that ring in the offering plate as it went by. And the counting team or whoever is doing it just completely lost it because they knew who it came from. And the pastor said, we're not taking this. We're just not gonna take this ring from her. This ring's probably worth thousands of dollars, but it's what she gave. Have you ever heard of the story in the Bible called the widow's mite? Well, it's a little bit more than a mite, but she said, if you give it back to me, I will be offended because Jesus told me to give it. So now they're trying to figure out how do we feed kids with this diamond ring? And this church, because she felt like the Lord was speaking to her, she gave what she had. She gave what she had. So today is your one day Sunday. Today is the day when we can all be part of this miracle. So children's feeding is the second leg. Third leg is agriculture. We love uh, farmers. We love agriculture. We love the good earth. And we love teaching farmers how to grow more and better food. And so... These agriculture pictures are of our farmers growing the food. So for example, in Haiti, we have about 150 farmers that grow really good rice and beans and corn. And those products then, those crops are moved into feeding the kids in their own country. So here it is, Haitian farmers growing the good Haitian beans, corn, and rice, feeding little Haitians. And that's the equation for providing jobs, sustainability, so that they can support themselves. One day, if Convoy of Hope can't get into the country or float a container across the seas, they are gonna be able to take care of themselves. How many of you think that's a good idea? That's how Jesus has designed us, to work with dignity and to provide for our own. And sometimes, we need a hand up. We need some help to get there. Fourth is women and girls empowerment. One of my favorite things, not just being a, a girl dad, and a girl papa, but this really means something to me today because as I've traveled through some of these countries, we're seeing women's empowerment take off with jobs, dignity, life skills, a personal relationship with Jesus, micro businesses, and more. And so you can see that women's empowerment really is changing the way that Convoy works. Uh, buying a goat, yep, you can buy a goat, 140 bucks, that's what it costs that to, for us per goat right there. So somebody said, you know, how, is all of this quantified and everything really is uh, as we work in countries? Of course, um, some of the chicken farms and uh, the crops that they grow. And of course, a lot of businesses that they can start putting money in their own pocket, providing for their kids, having a future and a hope. Well, there's a little story in John chapter six about Jesus and a crowd. So you've got those four legs. You've got disaster services, women empowerment, children's feeding. And you can see, and, and agriculture, and you can see that in order for a table to really stand, it needs those legs to provide stability for hope. Well, here's this story. John 6, Jesus saw a huge crowd coming to look for him, turned to Philip, one of his disciples, and said, hey, where can we buy food to feed all these people? Jesus already knew what he was going to do. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Philip says, hey, Lord, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed all these people. How many of you know that we try to figure stuff out with our minds and God's already got it figured out? We try to put our best logic and smarts and we're smart and we're gonna figure this out and God's going, okay, you can try to do all your calculations. I already got this. You need to trust me. And here's what happened. It's a great story. Here comes a boy 
with five barley loaves and two fish. Basically, he's got a lunch. He's a little boy with a lunch. And the disciples snagged this lunch out of this little dude's hand and said, hey, Jesus, here's a lunch. Do you think you could do something with this? Now, the crowd is there. Jesus is here. And they're here. The only thing standing between you and your miracle is you. So what you do is you take this lunch and say, Jesus, we hope you can do something with this. Here you go. And as soon as it's placed in his hands, the miracle ensues. When God begins to break this down, verse 10, Jesus said, hey, tell everyone to sit down because we don't eat standing up. Jesus said they all sat down on the grassy slopes, about 5,000 men, probably 10, 11,000 people. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, distributed them to the people, and afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. So, here's this passage, large crowd of people, disciples didn't have the resources. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been there where it's like, God, this is impossible. And I think that's why God tells this story. As individuals and as a church, we can approach our problems and challenges in one of two ways. One, solve it with our own human logic and strength, or two, trust God and say, God, your ways are better than mine. So here's the story. It's not to look at the miracle as much as it is to understand the principle of why even Jesus did this miracle. Here's three big ideas. One, no life or gift is too little or too insignificant. If you're here today and you would say, you know what, you don't know my story. You don't know what I've done. Maybe you've hurt others or others have hurt you. Or life is not the picture that you had in your mind maybe a year, two, three years ago, or even an hour ago. And you're here today to say, I need some fresh hope. I need to put my trust in the Lord. So today, you're here today and say, what part can I play in one day to feed the world or in God's plan. Here's the chain of this wonderful day in our story. So there was a mom who got up early to make a lunch for a little boy. She made this fish and probably wrapped it up in burlap, tied it all up, tied it to him probably so he wouldn't lose it, unlike our sack lunch. Uh, so he probably had this little satchel full of this food. Well, little did she know that morning when she was preparing her little boy's lunch that she was making lunch for the king of kings and 10,000 people. You don't realize the impact of your one day gift. You don't realize the impact of your gift. You don't realize the impact. And this is just completely for free. This is not in the notes. Yesterday I was flying and there was a dude getting super rude to a flight attendant. And he might have had good cause, I don't know, but I didn't get involved, but I saw it. So when she came to my seat to say, hey, would you like a snack or would you like a beverage? I just looked at her and I said, I hope your day gets better. And she just paused and looked at me and she goes, thank you. And I'm like, you're welcome. I'll take a Sprite <laughs> and some pretzels. <laughs> and so she came back. So guess what? I was her new friend on the plane because she had just gotten chewed out about 30 minutes earlier. You will never understand the impact of a kind word, a kind gesture, an act of kindness to somebody that really is having a tough time. Ladies and gentlemen, signs and wonders will follow them that believe. Do you know what the new signs and wonder is? Love in our culture. We sing about healing and saving and I'm all in, okay? Because I got saved when I was 18. 
years old, right out of high school. A little Baptist kid across the street led me to Jesus. That's a long story. So here's the point. The point is, if love is the new sign and wonder and kindness is, then God's saying all of you can do this. There's a mom who made the lunch. There's a dad who got up every day to make the money so the mom could buy the lunch to give it to the boy, only to have his lunch swiped from a disciple and placed in the hands of Jesus. Your life and your gift is not too little or too insignificant. And your life, like the boy's lunch, when you place it in God's hands, it becomes so much more. And I'm a living proof of that today. By the way, a lunch becomes a feast when it's placed in God's hands today. So too, God knows your needs. So God, God knows we have needs today, all right? He knows that you need shelter and clothing and food and love and affirmation and God's love and opportunity. A lot of these places that we go to around the world don't have those things. And so food takes that edge off where they don't have to hustle every day or shine a shoe, or sweep a driveway, or deliver a paper, or scrub a windshield in traffic. These are real people, real families. God knows our needs, he knows their needs. We sing the same song here in North America, Jaira, my provider, and they're, they're singing it beautifully today in other nations that maybe don't have as much. God notices the least of these, those that maybe are marginalized or have no voice, God knows our needs today, and he knows the needs of the entire world. He knew the people on the hillside were hungry. So what does he do? He takes this boy's lunch and he multiplies it, and they all have a feast. Today, I want you to think about solving the hunger problem in the world. 16,000 children are perishing every day. So you might say, well, that's a pretty formidable task, Jeff, and, and that's pretty impossible. It, it is, it's, it, the person on the street, it's pretty idealistic, unattainable goal. But did you know, in the last 40 years, we have cut extreme poverty in half in the, in the world. COVID has set us back about five years. So today, what if in the next decade or two, in the next 10 years, it'll just be 2030. Is this 2021, 2031? It's right around the corner, you think about it. In 10 years... God would use this church, your resources, your talent, convoys, influence in the world to reduce the number of children perishing every day to zero. And I believe it can happen in my lifetime. Not only are we partnering with the church, but we are doing it to the least of these. Jesus said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. So your one day makes a difference in their life every day because they have some of the essentials to live. No one person or church can do it alone. And by the way, it took Jesus blessing it. It took the disciples to distribute it. They collected the leftovers. The Bible says there were 12 baskets left over. And so you are in this fight with us today for being part of the solution for not only bringing life and hope in Jesus' name, but God meeting needs of people. He is Jaira, our provider, amen? Finally, God always multiplies what we give. I love this text because he, he does the most with the least. A boy's lunch. God could have picked so many other things, like some rich dude's bank account, but he chose a lunch from a boy skipping across the field. Like, he, who, he might have been going fishing. He might have been going to go meet his buddies and play. And can you imagine being this little boy who remains nameless and he went home and he told his mom the story and his mom was in the kitchen going, stop lying. 
Jesus did not take your lunch and feed 10,000. He really did, mom. I'm not kidding. And he probably got some leftovers. Think about this little boy. And like, uh, so here's what's cool. Every dollar given is $5 worth of food, water, and supplies at Convoy of Hope. So you're putting a piece of your life. And by the way, my wife, if you could see the text she sent me this morning, you will know that we live what we preach. My wife said, Jeff, this month I want to do one day to feed the world. What's a good day to do it together? Question mark. My wife. And she said, by the way, I need to know what you make every day so we can write a check and give it to your employer, Convoy of Hope. So today, I'm not asking you to do anything we haven't done or wouldn't do because we love giving one day of our life as well as uh, Mary and I do. So the miraculous begins when we willingly give or use what God has already entrusted to us. And today, I just wanna say that God is gonna take this offering. God's gonna take your gifts. He's gonna not only bless you, but you're gonna hear about the blessing of what God can do through your one day offering. The Bible says in Luke 6:38, if you give, you'll receive your gift, will return to you in full measure, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. So as a kid, I'm eight years old, I'm on my bike with my buddies, I'm going to a drugstore, and at that drugstore, they had a wall that was the candy wall, and it had bins of candy, and for 50 cents, you could fill a plastic bag full of candy. And so as an eight-year-old boy, I learned the fine art of pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Because I could engineer the last piece of candy in a bag, and I would just walk it very gingerly up to the counter, and I would set it down, and I would pull 50 cents out of my scruffy jeans and just give her 50 cents, and she would sneer at me, the, the drugstore clerk, because... She, she probably hated all of us kids because we were honorary, but we knew how to get a good deal. And today, God says, whatever measure, Luke 6, 38, you use in giving, whether large or small, it will be used to measure what is given back to you. So are we doing this with a thimble or are we doing this with a snow shovel where we're saying, God, I am gonna do my best and you should expect God's blessing to come back into your life. So everyone that's hearing this message, you are more important than you realize. People watching online, people listening to this message, we believe, when we believe Jesus, we can receive the greatest kindness of all, and that is the love of God. You don't have to spend one more day without that kindness. You can believe in him today. If you're here, you're watching online, pastor already did it in the prayer when he opened up this service. So finally, your one day will transform their every day. Because of your church's participation in one day to feed the world, we can be Jesus with skin on. Would you say Jesus with skin on with me? Jesus with skin on. It's to show up and help people in their time of need to cultures, countries, and other continents. Well, that table has disaster, children's feeding, agriculture, women's empowerment, those four legs. Well, there's four chairs. So let's just imagine that there's a dad who's sitting here, he's got real calloused hands, worried about how he's gonna make ends meet and the struggles of life as a man. There's a very tired mom who's wondering how it's all gonna stay together, how we're gonna provide for this family. And then there's a very hungry boy or girl that's active and cannot sit still. And they're here and they're sitting at this table, but there is a fourth chair. And this chair is yours because this chair 
is the chair that makes this table and chairs possible. Because you and I, when we take a place at this table, when we sit in this chair and we say, hey God, I'm gonna take my place at that table and do my part to pray, to give, to enable and empower and give an opportunity for others that don't know Jesus and that don't have something good to eat. So today, my question to you is, will you take a place at this table? Will you sit at this table with us and let hope set this table for generations to come? You are that missing person. I'm that missing person. You make it possible for this table to be set with hope by giving one day. And I wanna thank you for your trust and your partnership today because we can't do what we do without churches like this partnering with us and helping us. So today, thank you, Mosaic. It's an honor to be with you. Uh, Joe and Julie, I'm proud of you. I'm thankful for you. We pray for this church. My eyes are set on this church for the future. And I want you to see Luke 14, what Jesus said when you do something like this. When you host an elaborate meal, here's the guest list. The poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And Jesus said, you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, but you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So you're making, you're preparing a table for people you may never meet in places you may never go, and you're allowing hope to set the table. Check this out. empty plates at the table and countless empty seats. In the famine, in the flood, in the aftermath, a full table is a fantasy. When you are eating nothing, going nowhere, when every road is a dead end, and every cupboard is bare, a full plate is a fable. Then suddenly, love arrives. Faith gets to work and hope rolls up its sleeves. When hope sets the table, seeds become sprouts, become gardens, become fields. Future sinks its roots into the good earth. When hope sets the table, girls grow into women with the power to chase their dreams, define their destinies, and weave their love into communities too strong to unravel. When hope sets the table, bright eyes shine with confidence that comes from a full belly and a sharp mind sparkling with grand dreams and electrifying visions. Convoy of Hope has worked tirelessly to build that table and millions have taken a seat. Now we ask you to join us, to put your love to work, put your faith on the line, share the hope that's in your heart. So please, pull up a chair, let us break bread together, and let hope set the table for millions more.